You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. The son of a gun gets through inside of a wayward invitation only, but Captain Ravishing's got a big lead. First up from a spell in a 26-1 third quarter. Captain Ravishing into the straight, 25 metres to he's a son of a gun. Invitation only, Celestio Matuka. Harania's running on, but he's a real star and he's back tonight with a big 2023 in front of him and Captain Ravishing wins by 20 metres. He's a son yeah, of a gun, has run second interest. In the Bonanza a few weeks ago, uh, brain them and of course expected to brain them on the weekend when he runs in a very prestigious race. Chariots of Fire en route to the Miracle Mob. The reason I played that this morning and I want Chris Barsby to get his thoughts, uh, the horse is for sale, uh, Chris, at the moment. Good morning. Yeah, Steve, uh, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. So, do you believe it? <laughs> well, it's is all... he for sale? Well, all the phone numbers check out and everything else. Um, look, I did ring Hass Tiber, Chris, and had a very brief conversation because I was playing some commercials. He said, oh, look, Steve, I'll, I can talk to you any time, but um, he said anything's for sale at, at a price is, is basically the word, the line that I got from him. Yeah, that's fair enough, and uh, you, you can't sort of uh, question that because uh, that's, that's just the truth. So, yeah, very interesting. It'll be interesting to see if there's any buyers. So what... Price range are we talking about? 4.5 million Aussie, uh, just over 3 million US, the exchange rate. Okay. Okay. Be interesting to see if there's any Craven buy him? Well, we can ask him. (laughs) We can ask him because he's got to go up against him on Saturday night. He's got, he's the son of a gun stepping out and uh, he's one of the uh, the players because he was able to score last week. Matty, good morning. Uh, Good morning, Chris, or afternoon, I think it is now, but. I thought you might have been playing that that clip uh, a bit like a boxing promo. You know, just a bit of intimidation. <laughs> uh, but I don't think we've got any great comebacks because, um, yeah, he's he's, you know, he's an impressive horse, isn't he? And wouldn't you love to train him? But wouldn't you love to sit behind him? Like he, He's just so exciting. Um, you know, we've, we've raced him firsthand a few times. And, you know, early on in his career, we were lucky enough to beat him. But, you know, I don't think he's looked back since then. And... Um, yeah, I mean, it's great, it's great advertisement for the game. But it'll be, um, yeah, it's just lovely to be in another big race with him on Saturday night and hopefully we can be competitive. Matt, is that doing the rounds, this story, though, about his sale down there, just amongst your, your colleagues and so on, since it broke? Oh, uh, well, I just, I just um, while, while waiting around just for the call, was just browsing through Twitter and seeing it on there. So I didn't know whether it was legit or not, but possibly it is, so, you know... He's obviously a, a pretty exciting horse and, and, and a possible stallion, or you know, a pretty good stallion prospect going into the future. And, you know, what he's done, he's got all the attributes to be a good stallion. And the Captain Treacherous line, um, he's proven to be, uh, you know, been able to be a, a sire of sons. Um, so there's no reason why he couldn't be a stallion. And if someone was buying him, that'd be the reason you'd be buying him, I'd say. Okay, so that price range, is that fair? Is that overs? Is it unders? Where, where does it sort of sit for you? Oh, look, if he was my horse, you know, I wouldn't take any less, that's for sure. <laughs> that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Hey, the, the big question with you going into the Chariots of Fire on, on Saturday night, gate speed with Captain Ravishing. Uh, 
as you said, you've raced him a number of times. Is he in any sort of danger? There was a few media guys sort of saying that barrier one's not ideal. Is he a chance of being crossed here? How do you see it? Look, from my experience, uh, and knowing Captain Ravishing, I think he'll lead on his ear. Uh, you know, you get a good run at it from the inside here at Menangle. So I, I don't really see that being a problem. Um, we, you know, we see how electrifying his speed is and he, he should hold, you know, anything really if, if they want to. Um, so I can't see anyone crossing him, in my honest opinion. You know, only if, if something out of the box goes wrong. Um, but he's a very tractable horse now in his races. So, you know, I would think he would lead and we'll just be uh, hoping to hook on a toe rope and see how we go. Okay, so so you're racing for second, and, and you're in my at this point, uh, without being too negative, but you're sort of content with being second. Well, if if everything was, you know, went even, I think, you know, he showed that he's well and truly, a, you know, the class horse, and him and catch a wave on their own terms. But you know, the draws have just favoured Captain Ravish, and you know that uh, it's going to be extremely hard for anyone else. And you know, he will need to do something. I guess wrong to to be um, getting beaten on Saturday night. I would have thought. Okay, looking at that field, it, it, would you say it's a fast front line? Oh, there's plenty of speed there. That's for sure. You know, it's a it's a good quality field. Um, but in saying that, you know, I'm sure Captain Ravishing has got the speed to hold us. It'll just be, you know, in the first hundred if if he. Um, yeah, it doesn't happen to handle that, but I can't see why that'll be a problem. But that'll be the only only thing that I could see that, you know, just on leaving the gate, that if uh, he happens to try and go too quick or something and he just he just got it a little bit wrong, it had to be balanced. But uh, he seems the complete racehorse from what he's been racing lately. So, yeah, that's, that's the only thing that we'll be relying on, I think, is that if, if things don't go to plan for him. Okay. Your guy went a PB time winning the pale face Adios last week. 50.7. Captain Ravishing back at Menangle, and he's a different horse compared to when he was last there. He's got a PB of 50.9. What sort of time do you uh, predict he could run at Menangle, Captain Ravishing? It'll just be really interesting as to, you know, if, if he did lead and they wanted to really open up the ribbons, I'm sure that, you know, that horse could go um, better than 48. And I think um, if any of us are going to beat him, we're going to have to go better than 48 and a half for sure. You know, like he's, he's such a brilliant horse and he can run such, you know, extreme sections. Um, you know, the last half and the last quarter. To be trying to get past him or, or whatever, I think it's going to be uh, going to be a very fast mile. And if they are talking to selling him and wanting to make him into a stallion, uh, I'd say they're here to make a statement on Saturday night. Okay. Uh, your guy last week, uh, very, very good. Uh, did he surprise you in any way, shape or form last week? Look, not really, Chris. Um, we know he's capable of that. And his first up run at Melton this prep was a little bit plain, I thought, but he, he still worked to line good. And then he's in, he took really sort of nice improvement off that to run second to Captain Racing. And I think that run actually really brought him on again and, and he sort of knew that, you know, he was a little bit off his best, but on the improve and his work at home indicated that um, he was starting to really feel good about himself again. And I come, you know, to Sydney 
with the confidence that he would run a good race, whether or not you know he would be good enough to win, I wasn't too sure. But we were lucky enough to be the benefit of a nice draw and a really good trip. And, you know, he was good enough to capitalise that. And, you know, on Saturday night, we're going to need, you know, a lot of similar luck um, if, if we're going to be earning money. And he seems good and he's come through the run really well. So hopefully um, I can get him a nice trip on, on Saturday night and he's in a spot to, to really put himself there, the opportunity presents. Do you want to get to the pegs as quickly as possible? Given that Captain Ravishing is probably likely to lead here and, and run a bit of time, that the pegs is going to be the best spot. So do you want to get to the pegs as quickly as possible? Oh, 100%, Chris. I mean, if they're going to run, doesn't matter what track you're on, if they're running time and running quick sections, you've got to be on the fence. The fence is king, and um, it'll be a big key to his race that you know he gets across to the markers, that's for sure. If he gets that, you know, that right trip on the pegs and... Um, you know, he's in a fairly handy spot. He's more than capable of finishing top three because he's got great speed himself, but he can follow speed all day long. Yeah, he's, that's his biggest attribute. Uh, he's just a great little racehorse. And he can follow speed and he loves following a helmet. And he's a very willing little horse, but he, he travels very kindly in the run. And um, it's one of his biggest pluses is that he can buzz the gate or find, get himself in a position and relax and just race and... Um, you know, when the business end comes, he's he's got a bit in reserve to, to do his best. And he always seems to really try hard. And I guess that's why we just really love this little horse. He's, he's just a great little racehorse. And it's going to take him, taking him a long way. And it's going to take him a long way into the future. We're talking with Matty Craven, the Victorian trainer driver, who's got he's a son of a gun lining up in the group on Chariots of Fire on Saturday night. It's a tough season for you in many ways, Matt, because this is one of the the highlight target races of the calendar year, the Chariots of Fire, the Rising Sun's now one of those target features, and the Eureka. You're eligible for all three, but you run into this uh, this crop that has Captain Ravishing and Leap to Fame, so there's no easy ones this year, is there? Definitely not, Chris. Um, and, I mean, you expect to run into, you know, outstanding horses, and I think we've got two very outstanding horses that we're coming up against this year, but... It's just lovely to be, you know, competing against them and, and seeing them in the flesh. And you grow up always watching races like uh, the, the Chariots of Fire and, and then to have these couple of new uh, exciting races come onto the calendar with with the Rising Sun and then your Eureka. Um, as a trainer, you know, it, it's something that you really aspire to, to be in. And um, I guess even, you know, of recent times, we've been driving around... Uh, looking at yearlings, you know, with the, with the idea that to see if we can purchase a colt to, to compete in these races, and especially you know the Eureka that's been they're only Australian bred horses, and I guess it it gives you uh, the inspiration or the um, yeah just to, to put in that extra work to see if you can identify these horses and and have these horses going into the future to compete in these races, and that's where we want to be. I guess competing at it at the top end, and if we can do that, it really, you know, makes your job easy. Yeah, uh, a couple of other ones uh, I wanted to ask: Will you focus the Rising Sun with he's a son of a gun? And speaking of the Eureka, any sort of interest starting to head your way from uh, slot owners? Oh, I, I just had a couple of calls early on, but nothing of late. But I'm hoping, you know, that he's. The, He's the right type of horse for a race like that, especially over the 2300. And um, yeah, I'm sure 
a few people are keeping an eye on his progress and if I can keep him in the best possible order, hopefully someone will snap him up. It's definitely in my mindset to to target that race if someone uh, would like to have him in their slot. Okay. And Queensland, is that on the radar for he's a son of a gun? It definitely is. Um, we'll see how he comes through this carnival, but um, unless he comes out and, and wins on Saturday night, I think, you know, that we should then, you know, switch our focus to Queensland and, and um, take a moment and uh, really prep him towards, towards Queensland because the opportunities up there are just too great to miss. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask about a few of your other runners on Saturday night. Credit Master, who goes around in this trotting race on Saturday night? It's race six. Uh, he was well fancied last week, fresh up. Didn't fire. What do you, What do we make of last week? Uh, well, to be honest with you, it was a, bit of a, a little bit of a head-scratcher as to why or what it, what went wrong. But there just seemed to be a few things go against him. Um, and we just I think we're going to turn the page on Saturday night's run. Just probably the travel, um, a very hot night, but also he was subject to a pre-race blood test and subsequently wasn't allowed to, to go to his usual routine of being able to warm up pre, pre-race. Um, and being an old horse, um, you know, they always got a few little niggles and, and even just that nervous energy that this horse carries. Um, I don't know whether that was a, a factor as well, but he just didn't seem to be able to get his rhythm early in the race. And normally, you know, he, he would go out, warm up, without any gear on his head down and take take a little bit away of that nervous energy and, and get a bit of blood flow going through and, and just sort of loosen him up. And he just wasn't able to do that Saturday night. And whether that was a factor and the track was quite hard. Um, so... I, He's been terrific the last three days. And, um, I was really pleased with his work this morning. So we'll just forget about Saturday night and, and hope for the best going into this week. Our only concern is that the temperatures are forecast at 37 to 39 degrees. And I just hope it's not that for him because he just doesn't seem to really enjoy that hot weather. Neither do I, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think many people do, but uh, we know he's a classy trotter. He's a Group 1 performer, so uh, here's hoping he'll bounce back. And Crime Rider, last week, eighth. Uh, what, did, what did you make of that run? I was actually happy, really happy with his run. He's not a death horse, as we know. And, you know, a lot of his racing, you know, he relies on getting a good trip and um, and tempo in the race. And it just didn't work out that we were able to get a spot. And then we had to lead up the, the one, the wide line. And... To his credit, he was going as good as he was at the top of straight as he was through the line. Um, I was actually really pleased with his effort. And back to 2300 this week, um, if I can get him a nice trip, that run won't have done him any harm and he seems terrific. And just, he's just got to have things go his way and if that's the case, we know he's always um, very competitive. So, yeah, I'm always happy enough with his run up here, that's for sure. All right. Well, fingers crossed that you're in for a good night there on Saturday night. I've got to ask, she's a fan favourite, Pink Alars. What's the update? So, yeah, unfortunately, um, she's been retired. Um, she's been a great horse to, to me and Kale, Bloor and Brian. But it was just a, probably just a few too many niggles adding up that, um, you know, she just was really battling with. And, um, you know, at the start of the prep, we thought she'd come up quite well, but just things didn't work out, I guess, and um, call was made to retire her. And, you know, it was a pretty sad day week when, um, you know, you make that decision and you know how good she is and how willing 
years and look I didn't want to continue to race her when um, she wasn't going to be at her best and even you know she was competitive but she just probably um, was missing that knockout punch that she always had and um, yeah it was probably late in the season to too late in the season to breed her but um, you know I mean with that terrific speed you know, you hope one day that you got a foal in the in the barn out of her. That's for sure. But it's unfortunate, but that's that's life. Um, they don't all last forever. And she's done a fantastic yeah, job for everyone and give us so many thrills. And she didn't know us anything. And she, you know, she'll retire sound and, and happy. And you just hope that she can pass that on to the next generation. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and just speaking of the trotters, and and speaking about Queensland, that would have been music to your ears. That recent announcement from Racing Queensland about. Uh, that the major lift in the trotting features and creating this new feature, the grade square for three-year-olds and four-year-olds based loosely on the rising sun concept. So uh, I'm sure that's going to, uh, you know, ignite a fair bit of interest for you to find a, a horse to, to suit that race. Yeah, for sure, Chris. It's just, you know, fantastic to, to see the trotting gate, you know, continue to go from strength to strength and credit to Racing Queensland and, and all you guys up there, especially uh, David Brick and, and all the team. Um, you know, the, the whole carnival deserves a lot of credit and, uh, it, you know, it really gives us a lot of, um, I guess, races to aim at and, and to really lift the trotting uh, races and that. It's, it's a you know, it's a huge bonus for anyone that wants to travel to Queensland and just allows you to, to bring another extra horse or two and uh, it's only going to be really good for the carnival and boost the boost the status of the carnival and just continues to go from strength to strength and we just want to be part of it going forward that's that's for sure well we look forward to seeing you again in july promise me this as we close out this morning you can run top three with he's the son of a gun and the chariots of fire i think uh, i think he's more than capable chris and we we uh we just hope we're we're in the spot to capitalize if things go against a really good one um yeah, we're just excited to be a part of it and, and looking at the little fella I think he used to. Thanks, Matt. Stay on the line. Matt He's got Craven. a lot of ground to make up. Pinkalaz is going strongly, chasing more Group 1 glory. Pinkalaz out in front. Margin still over 10. Humble Lad is second. Then Majestic Simon now over and over. Pinkalaz clear. Humble Lad back to the inside, trying to make up some ground. But what a mighty little mare she is. Pinkalaz. Pinkalaz. That was devastating. Pinkalaz, Humble Lad. Just telling your voice, Chris. You love calling Pinkalaz that particular night at Albion Park. Did it seem like that long ago, back in 2021? No, I remember it well. Uh, the, the thing that stood out with Pink Galaz, uh, you, you, you watched her on TV before she actually arrived in Queensland and you knew she was small, but until you laid eyes on her, you didn't realise how small she was. But to see her sort of just accelerate in that sort of manner, it was breathtaking in many ways. For such a little horse, those legs could move like lightning. So uh, she was fantastic during that carnival uh, a few years ago now, Steve. So looking forward to seeing what she does at Stud, but uh, I'm not surprised um, that Maddie said it was a sad day, sad week for the stable when they made the, the call to retire mm. her. So hopefully she'll do a job at Stud as well. Yeah, that was the Daryl Alexander Trotting Championship Group 1 level, of course, uh, July 2021. Ben Battle is with mm. us, Chris. 
Ben's uh, in super form, there's no doubt about it. Bonnie Prince Louis, what a marvel he's been for the stable. He bought this horse from New Zealand. He just continues to knock up winning races at Albion Park. He was in the winner's circle again last Saturday night. Ben's online now. Ben, really appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Anytime. He is an absolute ripper, Bonnie Prince Louis. Yeah, he's been a, a terrific little buyer since coming over from New Zealand. He's he's definitely exceeded all expectations that we had for him uh, when he arrived. So, yeah, it's been a, a, a great deal of fun. He came over as a one-win horse. Is, is that about right? Yeah, I think he'd had... Um, I think his record was about 21 starts for one win and two minor placings, I think, before he made the trip across from New Zealand. So, as I said, he, he's done a, a bigger and better job than we ever expected him to. Yeah, absolutely. He's now won nine races. The bulk of those have come at Albion Park. He's got a PB time of 52.3. So the more he wins and with the times that he can run, is that attracting interest from North America? Uh, we've had, you know, the feel of um, put out a, on a couple of occasions, but no sort of hard offers um, put up on the table or anything at this stage. So um, you know, unless something comes across, we'll, we'll just keep enjoying the ride with him and just see what the future holds. Yeah, fair enough. But he seems like he's the ideal type for America. He's got brilliant gauge speed. He can follow speed all day long. So he seems like he's the, the complete package. Yeah, definitely, Chris. And uh, being by Sweet Lou and only a lightly race five-year-old, um, he's sort of right up, right up the alley of the horses that they're after over there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now... Some of Bloodstock's shares in the ownership of Bonnie Prince Louie, and he's got his name attached to this sale of Captain Ravishing that's doing the rounds at the moment. So what sort of money do you reckon it would take to buy Captain Ravishing, Ben? Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't have any idea, to be honest, Chris. It'd have to be a substantial amount to, um, to be parting ways with a horse like that, you'd think. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, we were just talking with Matty Craven, and uh, as we know, he's a big fan of the trot. You haven't had too much to do with trotters. In fact, you haven't had any trotters since you've been based here in Queensland now? No, I've actually, um, yeah, never never even had a trotter in the stable. Um, I've driven a couple from time to time uh, in the early part when I was in Queensland doing a lot of freelance driving, but, um, yeah, ne- haven't really tested the waters in, in the training side of any trotters. So when is that going to happen? When do we see Ben battle with a trotter? <laughs> uh, yeah, not really too sure, Chris. We'll, um you never know what the future holds, but just at the moment we're we're sort of concentrating on the paces and just doing doing the best we can with the team we got. But yeah, you never know whether someone might want to send a trotter up and and, um, and give us a go with one. Well, I think it's only a matter of time. You're doing a super job with the paces, so let's just broaden the horizons here a little bit and take on a a trotter. And given that uh, so much time and money's being invested into the trotters now in Queensland, you can't keep ignoring it, can you? <laughs> no, that's for sure, Chris. It's, um, you know, definitely getting a, a boost, the, the square gate and ranks in Queensland with all these uh, announcements just recently. And the, the trot and ranks up here just seem to be getting stronger and stronger. So uh, it's definitely something that you can't ignore. Yeah, that, that, that's probably the hard part too now. And I say this with uh, complete sincerity. It's, it's probably not as easy as it used to be just to find a trotter from down south to bring up here. You've, you've got to do your homework thoroughly now, don't you? Yeah, definitely, Chris. Yeah, as I said, they're, they're, the, the ranks are just getting stronger and stronger and, and more people are indulging into the trotters. And um, Yeah, it's, it's definitely not an easy mark to, to find one that can be competitive here in Queensland and win races with. Mm. Is that the same for the paces you're finding as well? Yeah, definitely, Chris. Just in the last sort of five years that, that we've been in Queensland, I think 
um, the whole industry, the whole um, spectrum of horses is just going from strength to strength. And um, yeah, they're definitely definitely a stronger bunch uh, now going around than what they were when we first arrived here. That's for sure. Okay. Now I wanted to ask about your two runners tonight. You've got uh, Samurai stepping out in race six, and you've got a new horse, the Egg Counter, going around in race nine. Firstly, Samurai. Uh, second last week, fresh up, uh, drawn the inside of the second row tonight. What did you make of last week, and how do you assess tonight's race? Um, yeah, I was um, pleased with the run last week. She only arrived um, here from from Ricky Alchin down in Sydney on the Monday, so it was a, a quick turnaround with the obviously the trip up from Sydney um, earlier in the week, and I thought she handled herself pretty well um, on Wednesday night, only narrowly beaten, so... Um, hopefully, with a little bit of improvement from the first up run, um, she should be right in the fight tonight with any luck. Okay, so she's chasing her second Q-bred bonus if if she's successful tonight? Uh, yeah, yeah, she is, Chris, yep. All right, now the inside of the second row, is that the concern? You just need that little bit of luck, but you've got the right man for the job in Nathan Dawson. Yeah, that's for sure, Chris. He, uh, he just seems to find a way, uh, Nathan, when he's driving your horses, I don't I don't think there'd be anyone out there in Australia that you'd rather have one and rather have on one that needs a little bit of luck. So hopefully he can weave a bit of magic tonight and get into the clear when he needs to. Yeah, and in particular at Rickliffe, oh, I think he drives Rickliffe better than most. Yeah, definitely, Chris. It's uh, you know he's he's record over the last few seasons, you know, is enough to to suggest it. But uh, he's just been in rare form so far this year. He's absolutely killing it at the moment. So it's a it's a great boost to have him on your team when they go to the races. Okay. Race nine, this new horse tonight, the Egg Counter, a mare by Art Major, three from 18. She's first up since early January, no trial. What are the expectations here? Um, yeah, we've been happy enough with her since she arrived from Victoria. Um, we just give her a, a few easy weeks to settle in after, obviously, the long trip from down there and, and coming up here into the the heat of summer in Queensland. She sort of didn't handle the trip all that well, sort of tucked up a little bit and uh, was a bit slow on the tucker for a couple of days. But uh, we've just given her plenty of time to find her feet. And uh, we've been happy enough with the track work here at home. So uh, although I think off tonight's run, she'll definitely show improvement off whatever she does tonight. Um, yeah, I think she should be really hard to beat. She gets into that race really well with it being a no more than three lifetime wins race. Um, so going forward, we Hopefully she can run a good race tonight, but expecting a pretty forward performance. All right. You've engaged Pete McMullen, so does that mean we're going forward? Uh, yeah, she, she owns pretty good gate speed. So, um, yeah, we'll be definitely looking to be positive with her early and um, with any luck we can put her up there on the engine and take a bit of running down, hopefully. <laughs> okay, so you probably don't get a say in that. If you've said she's got gate speed and Pete McMullen, it's just going forward. Yeah, that's for sure. You don't you don't get too many uh, too many choices with Pete if uh, if he's on one and there's there's early speed to use. It'll be getting used at the best of its ability. That's for sure. All right. So with a little bit of luck tonight, you could walk away with a double. Uh, let's hope so, Chris. You, you obviously don't like to ever be too confident going into going into the races and leave yourself disappointed. But um, yeah, I think we're definitely going up with with two really live chances anyway. Okay. How many are you working right now? Um, there's about 24 uh, race ones here in work at the moment and uh, a couple of yearlings just sort of getting close to wrapping up their first prep after the, the Gold Coast Gold sale. So, um, yeah, there's, there's just below 30, I think, uh, here at the moment. OK, we've got the other big sale coming up just around the corner. What about two-year-olds for this 
for this year? Have you got many in the uh, in the locker there? Um, I got um, uh, one cult um, who had an educational trial about three or four weeks ago at Albion Park. He's a uh, American ideal out of a, a brilliant race mare, Anika Magic, um, first foal, but. Um, he's just been tipped back out in the paddock to have a little bit of a break now. And um, there's a couple of others, one gelding and, and one two-year-old filly that are sort of stepping through their paces at the moment, but they're still a little while away. So, um, yeah, it looks a little bit of a quieter year on the two-year-old front for us just at this stage, but you never know how they can surprise and improve when you sort of turn the screws on them. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, you've got the team going well. That's the main thing. And there's room for a, a trotter or two by the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, you definitely never never, never say never, Chris, but we'll just have to see what, what pans out. Awesome. Really appreciate the time, Ben. Good luck tonight. No worries, Chris. Thanks very much. Ben Battle joining us. So uh, who knows? He might uh, end up with a trotter or two in the stable, but uh, things are certainly on the improve with the, uh, the square gators up here. There's new ones arriving left, right and centre. This man might even delve into trotting ownership. Darren Clayton, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. I wouldn't mind a square gator. There you go. There you go. Ben needs a, a you trotter. You want to race one, so wish go. Well, you, you get a good kick-off here in Queensland, too. Not only do you get, um, you know, the prize money good and the options of racing, both mobile and stand-start, there's still the, the $2,000 f- um, first win bonus that is eligible uh, regardless of where the horse comes from. So you source one from interstate or you breed it, its first wins two thousand straight in a kick, so not a bad, not a bad kickoff. Is that not stressed enough? Because many people wouldn't realise that, surely. Yeah, I I um, followed up on it the other day. I was doing a few rabbit holes. I was diving down, and it's still it's still out there. It's still available. So you buy a trotter, um, send it to a Queensland trainer. Its first Queensland win is two thousand cash bonus on top of prize money, regardless of its breeding. Yeah, it's uh, it's great incentive. There's no question about it. So uh, we'll see more and more trotters. And given that they've really bolstered the, the, the carnival for the trotting ranks, uh, you'd expect to see more and more coming. We know there's a nice one arriving this week. You wrote up a story this week, Call Me Trouble. He looks a sharp trotter from New Zealand. Uh, Gunnings arrived from Victoria. Uh, there's a number of stables on the lookout for more trotters. So um, it'll be interesting to see by the end of the year. We know Jack Butler's got a Dell as well. So... Um, yeah, it'll be interesting by the end of the year how the, the local ranks are holding up. Yeah, well, they just continue to go from strength to strength. And, um, you, you know, now these extra extra incentive races are there. The, the Derby and the Oaks are there. So it'll uh, it'll be interesting. I see, uh, you know, I'll be late, who, who was with Pete McMullen and Chantel Turpin, went to Victoria, had a couple of starts for the Emma Stewart in the derby down there. He's now with David Miles. So, um, you know, we possibly see him back up here later this year for that uh, great square. Mm, absolutely. Uh, speaking of new races, David Brick on yesterday talking about the Hayden. Uh, you've had time to sort of get your head around this new race and then concept and what it's going to provide. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the idea of it's great. I think the idea of um, teaming up with a, with a charity and... Um, working in conjunction with that and providing sort of, um, you know, a, an extra level of just the racing and, and giving back to the community in a way. So I think that's really good. It'll be interesting to see what the slots sell for uh, at the yeah. at the Sunshine Stars yearling sale. I was 
trying to to work out like how you actually approach what value you put on it um i guess from the from a social perspective if you got you know a group of say five ten people mates family members what have you and all threw in a, a certain amount i think you'd go pretty close if say say ten of you threw in a couple of hundred each there's two thousand dollars that you could could go with straight off the bat reasonably easy and i think that would go a long way to getting a decent uh, purchase and it all comes down to what horses are available so you need to do your homework three and four year old cubreds but um yeah it's it's an interesting one what they'll bring and perhaps you know we know some people get a little bit excited in auctions especially if they've had a had a few uh, sherbets through the day as tends to happen sometimes at horse auctions and then all of a sudden you're, you're buying a slot in a race that um it might might increase a few bids up up the scale that might not necessarily have got that way. Mm, egos play a part as well with uh, auctions, no doubt about it. So, uh, yeah, it will be interesting, no question. So we look forward to that. Um, we, we spoke about this at the start of the show, and I, I, I'm led to believe that you've got it up on, on social media. So you're looking for a trotter, but how much are you going to spend to buy Captain Ravishing? Well, he's advertised there for $4.5 million. Chris, Australian Australian dollars. I was just crunching some numbers before. That actually seems okay. I thought. Um, obviously, I don't have that sort of money, but um, someone that does, like first season, you look at the fact that everyone is across the line in the chariots of fire. Well, there's another. Um, you know, if you could secure the sale this week, there's a hundred thousand or so in the in the in the kitty straight up. You've then got the Eureka later in the year, um, you know, provided he stays sound. There's a lot of what-ifs, obviously, but um, then to stand at stud, what, if King of Swing... That's a miracle mile. That's a million dollars. Yeah, well, there you go. That's the week, couple of weeks later. So you've got those two straight up. If King of Swing, did he stand at $10,000 first season? Yeah, give or take. I think he was around nine or something like yeah, that. So, so yeah, not you'd think... Captain Ravishing with the hype and that that he's generated similar similar type of money if he could get a hundred mares in that first year you'd think he'd be able to achieve that when you look at horses like the the storm inside or, or those sort of horses that are getting those sort of numbers he'll and, be booked full yeah 150 well, it's capped at 150 he'll get 150 like that so there's one and a half million in your first season back so, you know, I think the economics of it uh, look pretty appealing. Well, I can hear Steve crunching that calculator. He's doing the, the figures, and I think he's straight to the bank manager as soon as his shift finishes shortly. Yeah, the so. bank manager said I can have 2750 <laughs> That's what I can borrow. <laughs> It'll be very interesting. It'll be very interesting. So, it just, yeah, yeah. It, it's, I know, it just seems to have come completely out of left field though too, Chris. Like yeah. yesterday, that you know, the big announcement talking, he's got a spot in the Eureka with Team Zavitzanos. Now a day later, he's for sale. It's, uh, you'd be wanting to hope that uh, there's some interesting or, or properly worded um, clauses in that contract that they've signed up for the Eureka, that's for sure. Yeah, that's well, right. Let, let me put it to you guys this way. Steve, would you be selling right now? Darren, would you be selling right now, or do you just sort of hold on and keep the powder dry until the end of this year? I just, just before Darren answers, I was just wondering, you know, could some powerhouse group in America just come and go boom? 
Um, Absolutely. That's mm, why he's being advertised yeah. in America. What would he run up there? Fair income. Some of those tracks. Who is the biggest oh, harness interested. owner in America? Um, cool. You'd be looking at... Hmm, well, Larry, um, uh, Ronnie Birch got a heap of big owners. Would he go faster than uh, Bulldog Hanover? Ooh. I touched the nerve, didn't question. I? <laughs> great question. Oh, hey, Chris, up. <laughs> he could. He could. Like... Yeah. Like, if it's he a, went to North America, I'd be fascinated to see what stable he joins up there. Yeah, that'd, that'd be the thing, uh, the stable and then who drives him because we know w what he does here and I guess Mark Pitt probably drives with a little bit more flair than, than a few drivers here with a bit more of that American style. So if they really they really unleashed him up there. So interesting too what Matty Craven just said there that um, with that sale option on the table, on you know whether they're out to make a statement this mm. this Saturday night. Um, going back to your original question, Chris, I would I wouldn't have said anything about a sale. I would have gone through the chariots. I would have gone through the Miracle Mile and then and then put him up for sale. You know, if he's as good as he is, he should win. He should be winning those two races. And then you've got a, a fair bit more bargaining power on the back end of, of your sale. Last start, Miracle Mile winner. Yeah. yeah, it's fascinating. It'll be really interesting to see how this all plays out in the coming weeks, days, because, uh, as you said, it's turned quickly. Just uh, the announcement you say that he's locked away and now, you know, he's on the market. So uh, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I think it just so. comes down to your, your financial position, as I say, with the gallops all the time, Chris. You know, if, you, if yeah. someone owns a good horse that's struggling or, you know, got a mortgage hanging over their head and whatever, um, you'd mm. sell. But if you're in a very comfortable well, position... One, Steve. I, I was told that um, uh, Aussie Carr, who's huge investing in, in, in the thoroughbreds. He used to own a lot of good uh, harness horses before he ventured uh, full-time into the thoroughbreds and he races a lot of nice horses with, with Kieran Ma, Dave Eustace. Would, would he be interested in a horse like Captain Ravishing? Possibly. Of course, Brace Sikulski's alongside him as well. Yeah. Mm. So if he's turning heads in the thoroughbreds, surely a couple of those sort of parties might be uh, looking very keenly. You'd think so. Yeah, fascinating, as you said. Yeah. So we'll wait and see. But that, yep. The other one out of that would be, I know he's he's already locked away, he's slot holder. But John Singleton's a slot holder for the Eureka. You imagine what he could do with the with the PR of Singo on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. So very interesting. Very interesting. All right. Well, that's all in front of us. Is he passed the post on Saturday night, Darren? Uh I. He's got to be surely with with the way he is I think I think he does lead I don't think they've ever I think the only thing that beats him is bad luck if they push out and he just he finds himself in in unfamiliar territory and doesn't know what to do with that um, that would be his only way he gets beat I think even if they just go steady he's got enough time to get off the fence and get around them um, I think you, you look at what he did in that bonanza field with he's a son of a gun, and then um, I think he can just balance up and get around them if they don't look to, to fire him off the arm early. When was the last time he led in a race? He's led in quite a few, but 
not really like exploded off the arm, Steve. They've allowed him plenty of time to balance up and then within sort of 400 metres he's in front, but he's never been one to actually charge the arm and go straight to the front. So that would um, that would inspire a bit of confidence in, in a few of those other runners off the front line to really have a good crack early that, um, you know, get across because if you get to the fence, the fence line is a great spot to be in races like that. But he wasn't racing in a different era. You know, uh, with some of the really good horses that have won the Miracle Mile. You know. Yeah, um, Darren Tim's a trooper. Is he a solid place hope if he just drops straight to the peg line there and he's following this this speed of Captain Ravishing? Well, I, th- I think he's got two chances, Chris. I think he's got enough probably early speed if um, Captain Ravishing they they opt for just easing him out like they have done previously and come around. Well. Tim's a trooper's first there. If they lead on Captain Ravishing, he's first there anyway. He drops straight in. So I think either way you look at it in that regard, um, he's a really good chance. In in the Hondo Grattan, he was a long one. He got shuffled to four back to pegs. And, um, you know, he really hit the line nicely, run out of a bit of room at one stage, so sort of had his momentum checked as well. And to think that he went from gate seven to get back to the fence, whereas here he's dropping straight down. So... Uh, yeah, I think he's a he's a great place opportunity in that race and um, pretty good Menangle record overall. He's only missed the placings once in his runs at Menangle and that was in the Derby final. Mm. How will Steve be if Tim's a trooper gives Captain Ravishing a bit of a, a fright there on Saturday night, <laughs> knowing that leap to fame the stablemates in his barn at home? Yeah, well, that, that'll be interesting times. So we, we see they put the... Uh, the, the cameras in the race callers box now, Chris, on those big races. Maybe we need to have one on Steve. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Anyway, we'll talk more about that on Friday when you rejoin me with Ryan Spikes. Ten races tonight at Redcliffe. We kick off at 5.22. Interesting, uh, you would have noticed as well, you've, you've probably done all the form for tomorrow night, but Redcliffe tomorrow is a night meeting, and it's not a day meeting. Normally it's every Thursday afternoon at Redcliffe, but tomorrow night there's nine races, but it's a a night meeting, and that's uh, due to a swap over uh, with, with HRV for, for some reason. Uh, so that, that explains why we're racing tomorrow night, not tomorrow. But anyway, 10 races tonight. Where do we find your best bet? Yeah, I think we're reasonably patient. Wait to the last leg of the quaddy. And number one, talk in control. First up for Jack Butler last time out, a lot of these talk uh, named mares for Ian Corazol, the owner, have joined the Butler stable. This mare, she was first up last week, um, held the front early but got attacked once. She got attacked again and and then they released and then just lost all her momentum when that uh, leader that they let go just sort of started to to feel the pinch. She lost all her momentum. She gets gate one again. This race, no harder, if anything, perhaps a little bit easier. So she gets all the options again. I think they can lead throughout and pretty keen on the price too. Race eight, horse one, talk in control. 280 with tab fixed price right now, so we can go skinny in that last leg of the quaddy. What else takes your fancy tonight? Yeah, I thought um, in race two, a bit of a tricky race, but I really liked the way Artistic Saint um, found the line last week. He sort of eased across, found the 1 1. Same gate he has tonight in gate five, um, and he loomed up only just missed out. It was a pretty strong last 800 too. I think the, the setup of this race looks very similar and uh, I think he can go one better this time. Race 2, Horse 5, Artistic Saint. 
Okay, 420 currently with tab fixed price. Speaking of the quaddy, main quaddy races five, six, seven, and eight with tab. Throw some numbers my way, please. Yeah, going wide on this opening leg, it's a it's a tricky one. Um, I've got Artful Jack on top, but with no confidence. He's just, he's a three win horse, but those three wins are the first three starts of his career. He's now up to start twenty two or twenty three. So, um, but he certainly gets the gate, and Jonah Hutchinson's team is going well. I'll be watching. Gate six doesn't help him, but he was pretty good last time out behind Rockslide. Throw in Aqua Cruiser too. He can do his share of work. And Aurora Fig, she was good last week closing over the top so she'll be thereabouts one two five six the third leg um i've got number four sabotage on top i just thought um she might get a get the right type of trip with the main danger sort of drawn off the back um throw in number seven san maria for the ben battle stable um pretty good there first up second up now that uh, that Phil is in his care and throw in number nine five star gem not too far away last time third leg race seven i've got number six don't fear for me on top did a few things wrong got sent back to the trials then in that trial um really put a big space on its rivals looked to be really sorted out and then um when it came back to the track last time out um was pretty good not far away so despite gate six i think he can get the job done throw in number three my girl mandy um not too far away last time behind diego delgado and in the final leg, um, so that's three and six in that third leg. And the final leg, like I mentioned, talking control. I think she can be the anchor and really keen on her chances tonight in race eight. Okay, so your quaddy numbers tonight. First leg, one, two, five, six, into four, seven, nine, into three and six, and one only in that last leg. So nice and easy there. $24 for 100% of the dividend. The best bet is race eight, number one, talking control, 280 tab fixed price right now. And the other one Darren likes is in race number three, and it's Artistic Saint. He's going around at uh, odds of uh, four dollars. Uh, what did I say there? Four dollars twenty. Two. So race two. So yeah, race two number five, four twenty Artistic Saint. So that's how we play Reckliff tonight. Ten races at five twenty-two. 